Hello and welcome to the Style Stories podcast with me, your host, personal stylist, Lisa Gilby. This is a podcast that discusses style, image and fashion. It's packed full of tips and tricks to get your wardrobe into shape and really help you to find your personal style. Today on the podcast, I'm joined by best-selling author, style coach and personal stylist, Lizzie Edwards. Lizzie shares her journey on how she actually became a personal stylist and then we get into lots of tips and tricks about how you can whip your wardrobe into shape for 2024. Most people just want to look put together. It's not really about fashion, it's about style and finding the clothes that really truly work for you. This podcast episode is in two parts. Today is part one and in part two, which I'll be sharing next week, Lizzie is going to be running through some actionable steps that you can take to really get your wardrobe how you want it that reflects who you are and fills you with joy and confidence. To help set your wardrobe up for 2024, Lizzie has also got a fantastic freebie to share with you in this episode. I hope you enjoy it. So I'm delighted today to have on the podcast Lizzie Edwards, a fellow personal stylist, but in fact, Lizzie is the OG personal stylist back in the day when in London, I think there were only about three people doing what we do now. I think it was, you know, over 15 years ago that you started Lizzie and she also used to mentor me as well back in the day. And I'm just so excited to have her on today to be talking about workwear. Welcome Lizzie onto the Style Stories Oh, it's so nice to be doing this with you, Lisa. Thank you so much for asking me. It's just going to be really fun talking to you. Yes. So I'm, I always say it, it's better if the guest introduces themselves because otherwise I get all tongue-tied and I get it all wrong. But uh, would you mind giving us a quick bit of a positive history about your background, where you started? Like I said, you were the OG. Oh, that's so funny. That's so sweet. Thank you. You know what? You're right, though. In a way, I definitely wasn't the OG. But when I started, uh, when I first got my website up on Google, there was two others that I remember um, at the time. So I've been a personal stylist now since 2005. So just over 18 years, which just kind of freaks me out a little bit. Um, How long have you been doing it? I can't remember. Nearly 15 years. Yeah. So, yeah. So there you go. So 18 years ago. Um, I started my business as a personal stylist and, um, you know, when I first started, I started off, you know, like you're saying, there wasn't really anyone else really doing it. So when I decided I wanted to get training in it, I went to America to train because everything in the UK was, um, about image consulting and it was very sort of corporate and that just wasn't my background at all. Um, so my background is that I, um, I was coming more from a fashion, I mean, it's kind of weird really, because it's kind of literally gone the whole other way. But I started off, uh, I did fashion at college after I left school. Um, I went to fashion uh, college after art college. And then I started, I worked as a model in the 90s. And then I completely went off in a different direction, went back to university and did a, a what I would call a normal degree. And then I started uh, working as the first proper jobs when I was in my like late 20s, early 30s, because I went to university, can you believe it, as a mature student when I was like 27, which seems crazy now. <laughs> now I'm in my 50s that that was mature. Um, so then in the when I was in my early 30s, I started, I just thought, I don't know what I want to do. So I'm sure a lot of people can resonate with that. Like I just, just did not know what I wanted to do. So I worked with a career coach and the thing that came out of it when I looked at all of the things I was interested in, was to become like a personal shopper. So I started off doing that with the help of a career coach. And I really have to say, I am a massive advocate for coaching. I think it, it, I would not have my business without it. Um, 
because I, I had someone to help me just think it was possible. So a lot of the time when there's no, you can't look around you and see what's there. I was like, right. She just would ask me to do things like she challenged me, right? Go and get five clients, um, which I wouldn't have sat at home and decided I'm going to go and get five clients, but she, she sort of pushed me to do that. So I got my clients and I thought, wow, this is definitely what I wanted to do because I'd also in the interim times I'd had, I'd struggled with an eating disorder. I'd had depression, all sorts of things where clothes had become something where I'd really seen myself slide into put on loads of weight um like people always find that quite shocking but yeah I went I was like a size 16 which I know isn't big by lots of people's standards but it wasn't me like it just wasn't my body I got to that size from massively binging so I'd been through all these struggles and I'd seen myself really slide into like jogging bottoms basically and when I kind of came out of that I, I really had, as I had done a lot of work on myself. I'd been in groups, I'd done therapy, all these things. And I really saw for myself the difference it made. One day I made a decision to go and buy a, a pair of what I call proper trousers. So I'd gone, I can picture myself now. I went to Marble Arch, Marks and Spencers. I'd bought a pair of black trousers with a waistband and a button. And they were a size 16. And I was like, right, this is, you know, and I felt different. Um, so that was a real kind of... Gonna say, well, it was a turning point for me because it's a turning point for me psychologically to see, right now, I'm gonna make an effort for myself. I've got to sort of start caring for myself. But also, I, I'd always had an interest in clothes. I'd always, you know, from studying fashion, from being a model, but I was never interested in being a fashion stylist because I wasn't really into fashion. I just liked nice things. Uh, and also well, the other thing that I'd realized that I, I was really good at, I was really good at shopping and I was I loved browsing. Like I'm a, I'm a real, I love walking around the stores and just finding something really great, even if I don't buy it. I don't know if you can relate to that, but you know, when you're going around, you're thinking, oh my God, this is amazing. So even if it's this idea of hell. Yeah, but I used to love it. And I tell you what, it's really interesting. Again, on, on in times when I've done reflection on things, you know, with that whole idea of 10,000 hours to make you an expert. When I was a model, it sounds weird to think that back in the day, no phones, right? So you'd leave your house in the morning, you'd have a list of what they would call go-sees or appointments. And I, you know, I come from my house into central London. I'd have to go to meet magazine editors or photographers. And I might have an appointment at 10 in the morning. Say there's a, there used to be a magazine house just off Carnaby Street. And I'd go there, say at 10. And then I might not have an appointment till three in the afternoon. And it wouldn't, I wouldn't go back to my flat. So you'd basically, I'd find myself knocking around all day. And again, you couldn't ring a friend or arranged to meet somebody because you'd left the house you know again it sounds it sounds really weird to people who are younger now that was the idea so I'd end up killing time basically walking around stores in Oxford Street and I'd just be wandering so I just got good at wandering and spotting things and I don't I didn't really buy a lot of stuff I didn't have a lot of money to be honest but I I, I really you know I used to enjoy just browsing and looking and shopping so that kind of I mean I've gone off on a big tangent here but that kind of got my my love of all of those things and then the my real interest in personal development from my own issues they kind of all just came together so when I was working with this career coach and she she sort of you know was floating ideas and we were brainstorming ideas that just felt like a good fit and after she'd made me get these guinea pig clients um it just it was like a real like oh moment I just felt so right I just thought this is just so right for me like I really wanted to help people I could see 
the result that they got in the dressing room. Again, I know that you'll experience this. When you're with a client in a dressing room and they see themselves differently in front of the mirror, it's just nothing like it. It's just an absolutely joyful feeling. And to know that something that I find fun and I can do really easily, really effortlessly, that other people hate <laughs> and people struggle with, is was just like an absolute perfect point, really. So that's kind of how I started. And then I got going and then I was like, right, I really want to... I'm going to do this. I'm very much like if I'm going to do something, I want to do it properly. So I looked for training. Everything in the UK was very much image consultancy and that just didn't feel right for me. So I went to America. I trained with an amazing woman called Carla Mathis. And I also did some work with an amazing woman who unfortunately is no longer with us called Brenda Kinsell. And I started my personal signing business, having learned all about color and style. And the irony now is that I've kind of moved Everyone else seems to be, everyone's a personal stylist now, you know, that that's the, the main courses now that when people can train, it's all about personal styling. But actually my, my niche, the people I work with is much more, I've kind of gone back into the realm of where the image consulting would have sat before I talked to women about workwear. But um, again, a lot of people assume when you say the word workwear that it's corporate. Well, I mean, a handful of my clients are corporate, but a lot of my clients aren't corporate. Workwear can mean jeans and trainers. You know, you, you know, my, my client last week is a director, so she's very much, you know, big puffer jackets, jeans, trainers, but it's still something that she needs to shop for. She needs to shop for her workwear. She needs to shop for that environment. So for me, it's, it's, um, it's very much about practical lifestyle clothes, not about fashion. So, um, that's kind of my, my journey, but it's, it's interesting now because all those, those kind of image consulting training courses, they don't even exist anymore. <laughs> so, uh, it's, you know, it's, as you say, 18 years, it's a long time. It's a long time. And just quickly, before I sort of go into what you do now with your, with your business, when you talk, you talked about your issues, you called them and, you know, what got you to the point where you realized that clothes have some sort of power, really? I'm the same. I, your, our stories are really similar. I put on, I'm normally a size 10, eight to 10, you know, it's my fighting weight naturally. And I, I put on, I was size 14 and I had depression when I was 22. It's interesting. It's like, well, I did not know that. And mm. so when you tell me about that, I, it just takes me back to that. And mm. I actually have used clothes throughout my life as a form of armor, as a way to get me places. Like I used, I used clothes when I worked at Coots Bank when I was paranoid about my Essex accent and everyone else was posh, double-barreled with signet rings in Coots Bank. And I was this Essex girl and I just felt, you know, just out of sorts and just like I stood out and didn't fit in. And I really paid attention to what I wore and I kind of sort of power-dressed in a way. Mm. And that's when I realised that you can use clothes as a tool to get mm. you somewhere. Have that experience for yourself. And just, you know, again, it's, it's an interesting thing because people often say to me, you know, because outside of those periods where I've had, I had an eating disorder and I put on weight, I say, because people often, if I, if I say to people that I had an eating disorder, they assume it was anorexia and it wasn't, it was the opposite end of the scale. Um, but that, that being really big when it's, it's just not who you are on the outside. I mean, it's interesting because I've had clients up to a size of 24. I've had clients who are really big and it's who they are. And they're, you know, a lot of them actually, I work with very successful women, they're confident. They've got nothing on it. And I've had clients who are a size six 
and looking in the mirror and saying, oh, I look fat. Like, it, you know, size is only, it's, it's in your head a lot of the time, isn't it? But it's how you feel. And I knew that the size I was, was as a result of me abusing myself. It wasn't a natural way. And, and when I got over my eating disorder, which actually, the interesting thing was I still, when I started working with my career coach, I was still really struggling. And at one point I said to her, I think I should wait until I've dealt with this problem until I, you know, then I can focus on, on on starting this business coaching, this career coaching. And she said, no, I think this is what will help you get over it. And it was. Interestingly enough, I'll be completely honest, I think I swapped my food addiction for workaholism because I then ended up being a massive, all I did was work. I was single, um, I was passionate about what I was doing. So I just worked day and night and I got really into it. But, you know, I steadied out and, you know, and I, touch wood food has never been an issue for me again I would never say never because it's an insidious horrible issue to have and I'm grateful every day that I don't have I don't have issues around food at all and my weight has been pretty much the same ever since you know but I say I know I know from when I'm with clients as well that a lot of my clients especially now I work a lot with menopausal women that's probably the majority of my my clients are over 40 if not over 50 like myself and um you know it's hard for people when they gain weight and they don't and who they are in the mirror is not who they how they see themselves it's very difficult and at least even though I know people look at me and go oh, it's all right for you I have been there you know I have been there I do understand the pain of it I really do and it's it's finding that sweet spot between where you're you know and it's something that I talk about a lot with my work is that obviously a lot of women have hung up on this idea of body shape and dressing for your body shape it's not something that I prioritize at all with my with my work I'm very much about you find your style aesthetic first that's the kind of starting point and then you work around that first you know dressing to look slim is never the first goal you know yeah. in my in my book aesthetic is really is you know your style personality is absolutely so important but you've also see you did move into a niche you you work with women who are um, leaders and sort of senior professionals, very much professional women who have their own yeah. big jobs and all of that. Um, and you've now created a membership specifically yeah. to help. So this is sort of another stage of business. Yeah, so I, you know, over the years when I was working, it, you know, it's one of those things that as the years went on, you know, I was getting fully booked. So my rates went up and then in the end I was pricing kind of price myself out of the market for a lot of people so then increasingly the women I was working with were very successful um senior executives and and business owners and things like that so that's kind of the, my niche sort of found me um when people often if they're willing, willing to invest money in themselves and in clothes um when they can see a real ROI on it like I want a promotion I've had a promotion um you know the, those kind of things it makes it easier for them to invest in themselves um so that that kind of happened and then so what happened for me I wrote a book in um, 2018 well actually it took me started it in 2016 published in 2018 called look like the lead you are and it's fact when I started that book actually the first draft it was men and women so I did work with men I still occasionally work with men but because they're always the husbands of my female clients I don't market to them and I don't talk about it publicly but I do I do sometimes do men um but that that kind of book it started off like that and then gradually you know like anything that we're told as business owners is that you you speak to a problem and you speak to a specific person so the book became much more around dressing for work and and so that book looked like the lead you are 2018 that came out and then obviously my plan always was when I wrote it it was almost you know that the, the book could be anything from a half an hour talk to a 
a, you know, eight week course, you know, and anything in between. And my plan was always to make a digital course out of it, but obviously very busy with my business because back before the pandemic, my business, I had myself, I had three other stylists working in my, in my team and um, then the pandemic struck. And um, obviously we all know what happened. We all shut down and there's one-to-one stylists, both you and I, we, that's not possible for pretty much that whole of 2020. So rather than twiddle my thumbs, um, I launched my membership, um, which is, which is Elevate, which is for women. And again, what's interesting, and I often when I when I open the doors, because it's not always open, I open the doors every kind of quarter, every six months. Um, people do say, Oh, I don't know if it's for me because um all your clients are like super like high achievers. And actually the reason I started Elevate is yes, you know, the women I work who are in Elevate, they are successful. But, you know, one of the things I wanted to be able to do was work with loads more people than I can one to one. So, you know, the difference between my one to one rates and being in Elevate is is huge. So anyone who wants to invest in their workwear um, or dressing for work. And it's a lot of it's a mindset issue. And you'll again, you'll know this with clients. It's not necessarily about the specifics of it. You know, I've got clients uh, in Elevate who are um, in all different industries because what I teach is, is you know, people take it on to mean what it means for them. It's very um, open to what that means. And it's also different countries. I've got clients in Elevate from Australia to America to a lot around Europe and it's not even about the specific things I recommend not everybody's wearing the same trousers not everybody's wearing the same shoes because some people work in a very corporate environment and some people are sitting at zoom on their own at home every day so it's really broadened it out to be able to make what I teach accessible to more people because that's what I I'm really passionate about helping women to 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 feel good and to look good, but also just to have a simpler life. You know, I see, particularly with my friends, I personally don't have children. And I, so I already know that I've got a lot more time than a lot of women, but I see a lot of women juggling work, family, middle-aged women have also often got the responsibility of caring for, you know, elderly parents, they've got children. Um, and just because they're, oh, just because their children have left, um, you know, grown up and they're not toddlers anymore, doesn't mean, in fact, if anything, I think they, they look like they need more, more time, you know, more time for them. So a lot of women are then, they're trying to dress for work and they're senior in their career and they've often got an outward facing role, which is often, again, the thing that I've realized with working for my clients is there's a point when in a woman's career where when they've been promoted, this is if they're employed, if they've been promoted internally, people know how great they are. So their image is often, even if it's not great, they get away with it. But the minute they get promoted to a role where suddenly they're outward facing and they have much more attention on them from outside, there's a lot more judgment coming in and a lot more kind of questioning about people's suitability for the role or their, you know, success and things like that. So all of that, for me, one of the things I'm really clear on in my message is about simplifying, making life much simpler, streamlining your wardrobe, having less, having good quality, having a very clear signature style, being conscious with your shopping, forgetting about the fads and the trends and being influenced by someone on Instagram and newsletters that hit your inbox, just taking all of that off your plate and being very focused on what is right for you. And it's just a huge stress relief. I don't know how, you know, you, I know you, you love clothes, Lisa, so I know that you're probably, you know, and, and even me, I don't find it difficult, but I'm sure that even amongst your friendship group, you've, you've, you've got those friends where it's just hard. It's hard for them. Yeah. The amount of times people say, I just don't know what goes with what, I don't know what to buy. I mean, you know, there's, there's also that, um, the capsule wardrobe guides around that, that sort of 
say, if you get these five things, all of your problems are solved. Well, let's just, you know, I don't want about this or this. Yeah, I don't want I don't want a biker jacket. <laughs> you know, whatever it will, they tell you what you need. That don't work for you, that don't work for me. And like you said, the women in your group from all, all around the world, in different types of industries, they have different jobs. Some are working at home, some are hybrid working, some are in, you know, offices, corporate, whatever. But at the end of the day, on a basic level, I think all the issues are the same. They're all the same. They want to feel good and they want to look good and they've lost their way. And the, the biggest issue, I think, again, a lot of this, I really kind of unpicked when I wrote my book. It was me trying to work out from, from going, from working with one-to-one -one clients where it's so instinctive for me. I wasn't a very, I had trained, but I'm, I'm not a theory person, but really I'm picking like, what is the issue here? You know, and a lot of it's, you know, time poor. Um, you know, that, that's one of the really big issues. But, but one of the biggest issues I feel is just the overwhelm. There's so much choice. You know, and I feel it. Like I walk into the stores and I am at home in the stores. I, can, I, I know where things are. Um, I, I know what I'm looking for. I know what the different brands, you know, just even just from being around them. And I find it overwhelming. I can walk into a store and just when I go to do my prep for a client and I literally just have to stop and take a breath for a minute and be like, right, what am I looking for? Okay, navy trousers or, you know, like whatever. And that's the way I teach people to shop, like being really specific and just taking a breath. Because I sometimes, I don't know if you've ever done this. I've been in John Lewis once. Oh, sorry, my thing keeps falling off. This camera keeps falling off. Sorry. I'm stuck on my screen because I've got a desktop screen. I walked into John Lewis once in the summer and I saw all these women, mainly sort of middle-aged women, wandering around. And it was the season where people were probably buying things for weddings and, you know, events and things like that. And I just was watching people going into the dressing room and seeing these women and the thing they're holding and just thinking, what are you, what are you thinking that that? is going to be right for you like so wrong and it uh, and it sort of hurt, hurts me to see people if I could stand there all day just saying to people hey you know hang on a minute wait there I'm just going to go and grab you something else just uh, even without knowing them we even, even without them going through all the exercises that I get people to go through about you know all the things about finding their style words and finding their personal brand words I can still look at something and think that's just not going to this doesn't suit you. And it's and the thing is as well, it's you know, looking on Instagram and looking at influencers and getting ideas from that, if you're not actually clear in the first place on what is for you, you're not gonna be able to work out what isn't for you and then the whole thing becomes more overwhelming. So it's it's so worth doing some work on it. I mean, we're doing this uh, podcast in two bits. So today we're talking about like we're gonna talk a bit now about workwear and why it's important to look good at work because a lot of people would argue met plenty of people would argue it isn't important because if I do my job well then that's that should be enough if I'm good at my job you know if I'm a great trader or broker or you know whatever it's a great lawyer etc then I should be able to wear what I want and I think that the younger generation feel that quite mm -hmm. a lot but I just want to talk today about why it matters the work where lines are blurred so people are more confused than ever I think since the pandemic they're like what do I wear to work now do is it all right can I wear jogging bottoms is that fine I don't know you know they, I think a lot of people are, are confused mm. so you know we can't sort of say on this podcast get this 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 and this because it mm. didn't for everyone but there are some things you can do to just elevate it you know why is this important yeah I think the thing is it just really is important. And and for anyone, I don't think there's many people left who would argue that it doesn't matter. 
I mean, there's always a few, but really, I, I, I think that's that's a whole different issue. Most people agree that it matters. Now, it matters from the perspective of, of first impressions of how other people see you, ongoing impressions, how your colleagues see you. You know, we we can see how somebody. This is all instinctive as well. We're not we're not making judgments logically. These are just things that we feel in our core when we meet somebody. If somebody's really scruffy and looks like they really don't give a shit, we judge them in that way. Even if they're a really good friend, you know, like it's like an instant instinctive feeling that it just looks like they don't have a huge amount of self care. It's also often a lack of respect to your audience, and often this will depend on the dress code of the company. And obviously, the the, the industries that you just mentioned are very you know, from quite sort of traditional corporate. Not always, because I know I've got a lot of lawyer clients. I've got a lot of lawyers in Elevate and, you know, they're not all suited and booted. I mean, it depends what kind of firm you're in. It depends the kind of audience you're in. Um, but I really think that the the idea of it, it does just matter for your audience. It, and, and the thing that I always say is, look, if, if all things being equal on talent and skill, and then somebody was presented with two options of, of who do you want to book, who do you want to hire, who do you want to take to a meeting with you, the person who's shown up looking sharp or looking appropriate is going to get the gig. So for me, it's 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 a tool. It's not saying that you don't need to have all the other stuff. And again, given the age group of the women that I work with, mostly senior, they've been working a long time. It's a given that they're good at their job. They wouldn't be there. They would have been found out long ago. It's the X factor. It's the extra point. But the other thing that I think is such a huge part of the whole thing about clothes is how it makes you feel as a person. You know, when you walk out the door, going back to my black my black trousers, you know, or my jogging bottoms when I was not in a good place, how we feel when we get dressed and... Um, you know, and I've I've been there this week. I've had a bit of a hard, hard week, if I'm honest. I've been, my, my mother died this year. I've been clearing out her house. I was at her house really in jogging bottoms and things like that. And before I came home, you know, a couple of days ago, I was thinking, oh God, I really feel a bit crappy. And, and I realized when I got home the next morning, the first thing I had to do was I got up, I washed my hair. I made sure that I put on clothes with kind of proper clothes but you know trousers with a waistband I put a shirt on rather than a hoodie I knew that that helped me get into a different state like I, it just does and it doesn't mean that those clothes weren't super comfortable because the trousers I wear are quite wide leg pleated front loose you know it doesn't mean that I'm wearing uptight clothing but it, it sends a signal to myself I've got dressed today I'm making an effort today so I think that a lot of that with work which is why all of the blurred lines with working from home it still matters even if you're sitting with um, trousers on that have got an elasticated waist or a shirt that's got a bit of stretch in it that's different to what you'd wear into an office it psychologically makes you feel much different and and also you how other people see you they treat you differently and I know this and you'll know this from your clients I mean I know that I've had clients where I've I've gone shopping with them because they've had a you know a new job or something and again one of my clients there I remember she was just emailing me the week after she said I can't believe how differently people are to me than they were in my last job like they really see me differently and and she's kind of like it's just because I've got some different clothes on but it's it's an, it's just interesting and again I think anyone who's had that experience where they have made an effort you know whether it's even on their wedding day when they look differently they felt different where they've you know again a lot of women it's when they've been to the hairdresser and they've had a blow dry or when they've had their nails done I know for myself when I've painted my nails it's these really small things it doesn't have to be huge things you know I look down at my keyboard and my nails are painted 
I feel different. You know, you just feel different. It's like a self-care thing. You, if you feel like you self-care and people notice that. So this isn't even about, obviously the makeover shows that we used to have with Trini and Susanna and things. The person that they use as an example was so far on the other end of the scale that they were almost like they looked like they just, you know, slept in their clothes or they'd pulled them out and they had moth holes. It's that extreme. And then there's just sort of normal everyday people like just not making that much of an effort, not much thought. And then there's the actual looking put together. And we all know those people. And every client I've ever had when I've said, oh, is there anyone that style you admire? A lot of the time, again, it's not about celebrity. They'll be saying, oh, there's this lady in my, or my boss or somebody in the office who just always looks amazing. They will have put effort into that. <laughs> it doesn't happen by accident. You know, um, it, it takes time and effort to make that, that look put together but it pays dividends because when you've got that you just have another level of confidence and you work differently I, I tell you what those makeover shows would not stand up today would they the way they used to speak to people they say your tits around your waistline and all sorts of terrible things like just I remember one popped up on YouTube the other day so now we've got the uh, the American one with the it's the um with the five gay guys in it oh yeah um uh, queer eye for a straight guy, right? Which is amazing. I cry at nearly every episode because it's coming at it from a empath, you know, empathetic yeah. way. So these people have let themselves go in some way or another. So it's still that sort of person. Yeah, it's not about the clothes. And again, it's one of the things I often say. It's not about the clothes. It's a bit like those programs about people who've got a lot of clutter in their house. It's just become too much and it's become too overwhelming and, and they need someone to come in. I don't know if you ever watched that Stacey Solomon program. That always has me like to see the how people have got themselves into that state and to see totally clearly how it's impossible for them to unpick that on their own. And that's a little bit like what I think what you and me do. It's, it's sometimes people got to the state where they almost need to draw a line in the sand and have somebody else come into their closet and actually again you'll have had this experience I've been to people's houses to do wardrobe reviews where I'm practically in the end I'm sort of sitting on the bed and they're just putting stuff in the bin line they know it's they know what they need to get rid of you know it's 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 but it's having permission somebody else to say yeah let that go yeah off you go and obviously even in Elevate we do wardrobe calls in the same way where people it's just just letting go of stuff is really cathartic but people feel guilty about getting rid of perfectly good clothes. They're like, I do. I need money for that. I feel guilty. I don't really mm. it. So they just keep it in the wardrobe, unwarped, which is just simply clutter. You've got to let it go. And it, that is so cathartic, like you say. It's, it's, it's like therapy. Draw a line in the sand, start again. That's why doing this podcast at this time of year is good because everyone's in that kind of mindset. Oh, it's the best thing. Me in 2024. What yeah. do I want to change? Do I want to do more? Do I want to do less? Do I want to make partner? Do I want to get a new role? Do I want to move cities? You know, we, we all sort of get naturally in that state at the moment. And like you said as well before about clothes, it elevates you. It makes you feel different. And people, you know, we communicate not just by speaking, not purely just by speaking. You know, visual is a huge part of it. So seeing a colleague, you'll be making up messages in your head about that colleague based on what they're wearing. I like yeah. to think it's like main character energy, right? So there's people talk about this now. So we're all the main character in our own lives. This is like our film of our lives. So when you're at work, you can be playing a character at work. Mm -hmm. That's you at work. Mm. So you at work is different to you mm. in a party with your bestest, oldest friends. You know, mm. It's kind of play the game. 
But it's but the interesting thing about that is so I, I agree to a point, and then I really I really believe that it's they have to be congruent. So you have got different facets of your personality. And the example I would have is if somebody saw you in the street, like if you go to work in a certain way and someone saw you at the weekend and they literally walked straight past you because they didn't recognize you, something's amiss. Like we need to take ourselves to work. It's like, your, what's your smartest version for work? You know, or what's, you know, it, do you know what I mean? It's almost like, and this is where sometimes people, and I'd use dressing for weddings as an example here because often people for weddings suddenly go oh I need to wear a sort of floral floral dress or something you know you see and this is again back to my, my back to my walking around John Lewis watching women shopping just thinking what are you picking up all these floral dresses for it's like you know I whenever I go to a wedding pretty much I'll wear a jumpsuit because that's my style and and often again in elevator people have said weddings and I've often suggested say a jumpsuit and it's a bit like oh like it's like yeah who are you, you can be yourself as your smartest version. Like if I was to go and do a, spe a stage presentation, I'd probably wear a jumpsuit, but it would be a different sort of jumpsuit to the one I wear when I'm shopping with a client. It, you know, and so that's just an example of that. You don't have to suddenly wear what everyone else is wearing. You're, my, if I worked in a corporate job, my look would be quite different. Like I wouldn't be a little dress wearer because it's just not my style. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's finding your version of smart. It's finding your version of a Christmas party. It's finding your version of a working from home. It's it's your style is very different to somebody else's, and really and really getting clear on on that aesthetic. So I think the idea as well. What's fantastic about us talking today about you know going into twenty twenty four, going into a new year. It's like yeah, who do you want to be, and being conscious about it and making decisions, and also realizing that. You know, you will be bombarded in the spring of the new looks, the latest fads. It's like, it's irrelevant. It's like, who do you want to be? And and shopping consciously with that in mind about your ambitions and your goals for this year or the next year. Like you said, Lisa, if you want to make partner, what does that look like? You know, dress, you know, all the, the same old adage, you know, dress for the job you want. But interestingly enough, I don't know if you've ever read that book, Lisa. It's called The Alter Ego Effect. I haven't read it. Um, Todd, I think it's Todd Herman, but he talks about different examples of people who take on a persona and it's not it's not pretending to be it's not the act as if it's tapping into a part of you and and he talks about obviously the, the one of the most famous ones um is Beyonce becoming Sasha Fierce now I don't think she needs to be Sasha Fierce anymore because she's not a teenage girl in a Christian household who in one minute is sort of seeing them sitting there being good girl and the next minute is expected to be cavorting around on stage she had to kind of become somebody else when she could be on stage and she you knows she's talked about this a lot if you see old interviews of her she had to sort of be become somebody else it's still her but it helps her perform differently and I think clothes have got the power to help you do that like who do you need to be to show up looking like a partner when you're not a partner so people believe you they need to see it to believe it. And one of the things that he talks about in this book, which I do recommend, is having what he calls a totem, where you've got something that's that when you've got, got that on, and it could be, particularly for women, often it might be a handbag or a certain watch or glasses where you it's a bit like Clark Kent's Superman. You put them on and you feel like you're that person. And a lot of women that I've, I've, I've done a training in Elevate where I've used this as an example and, you know, said to people, like, what would that look like for you? And often it is the sort of handbag that's a bit more pricey like buying a mulberry bag or buy something that when they see that it's like a signifier for them um but glasses it, it's an interesting i can't remember now who it was so i might get it wrong i think it was martin luther king 
his glasses didn't even have um, glass in them, but he felt that when he put his glasses on, he was more intelligent. So he always wore glasses, even though he didn't need them because it made him feel like he was becoming a more intellectual person. So, you know, you can think about how you can use clothes to become different. Yeah, and the psychology behind it is fascinating. This is why I talk about loads on this podcast. There is psychology behind it. Mm. You know, one thing that people, uh, some people don't do as well is they don't want to spend money on work clothes. Mm. It's rather, you know, so you've got your work. It's such a great investment. It's such a good it's like It's like the idea of spending, and this is, again, I feel this is such a, a common issue for women. It's that the messaging. I, I did a post this year actually on LinkedIn and, and I wrote, I think it was in my newsletter, you know, is your mum still dressing you? Because so many women that I work with, they've got this issue with what would their mum mother think if they knew that they'd spent that much or that, again, it's even in Elevate recently, someone had to, was asking my, in, a, in one of our style coaching calls, asking my opinion on this coat that, that she said, and I said, it's a great coat. It's like a really basic coat. She's saying, oh, this is a bit boring. I was saying, no, but it's just, you kind of need that coat in your wardrobe. And I said, and then you get another one, maybe in a colour or something. And she was a bit like, what, another coat? Like a second coat? And I said, tell me who, who's saying that to you. And she's like, yeah, it is my mum. And it's just fascinating when you, when you know, like, that's where it comes from. Like, from a generation, again, with my parents were born, like, wore, you know, they were born in the sort of 30s. Um, that that kind of idea of like you've got one thing and it's good enough and it'll you'll make do it's just shaking off those those stories about what's worth it and also again around people who are successful at work or who've got a different life to the, what their parents had the idea of having um you know letting that go because this is your life now and you you know you're in, if you're you've got a great job if you're you know working hard to have clothes that are part of that job you know it's it's an investment for your career to be dressing for work and and so to let go of that idea that spending money on clothes is frivolous it's just it's got to go like it's such an investment yeah. if you invest in your clothes it can get you that pay rise it can get, I, i've met people who've lost interviews on what they were wearing you know it just i mean again that first impression you know you really need to give that impression and this isn't about going and buying designer clothes this is buying good quality items at a price point higher than you might think is right and buying less. Because the other good thing about buying slightly more expensive clothes and you're comfortable is that you think twice before you make that purchase. If something's like, oh, it's, it's fine, it's only 40 quid, you, you you waste money. Whereas if you're like, oh God, those trousers, they're 150 pounds. Like, do I really want them? Am I really going to wear them? Let me just see how many outfits I can make. All of those steps to making a better purchase, absolutely worth it. I mean, I'm the opposite. I spend probably... <laughs> too much on clothes if I'm honest I'm just I don't well I've um this is I'm actually coming out so I've only got what we on we're just in December now I've got a couple more weeks I've had a no buy this year I've not bought any new clothes however again I talked about this on my YouTube um I've um I my caveat this year because I did one in 2020 and then obviously it was a bit of an odd year so I didn't buy anything in 2020 but you know, I didn't really need anything. And um, what I decided to do this year was to do a no buy apart from I could buy things on Vinted. So I've bought things on Vinted and I could only buy things using the profit of clothes that I'd sold. So I've sold things and then I've had a budget and then I've bought new things, which has totally scratched that itch. Like it's really fun. I've bought some amazing things this year. I'm, I'm looking forward to getting to the end of it, but I don't think I'll change that habit. I don't need anything new. And you can get so many amazing things on Vinted when you, I think I'm going to do a YouTube video on my 
my best buys this year that I've got. I've got some amazing things. For, I don't think I've bought anything for more than about 40 quid. Most things are about a tenner. Yeah, <laughs> everything's really low price on Vinted. I, I got my son actually a North Face coat off there, which is 300 pounds in the shops. Got it for 129. Exactly. And it also makes you realise the cost of when you... If you know of what your clothes are worth, even you know, if you put some people put things on there that they've bought and they're trying to get the same value back, no, they're not worth that. It's a bit like you know when they say when you when you bought a car, you lose half its value the minute you've driven it off the lot. It's a bit like that with clothes. It doesn't matter if you spent a hundred pounds on that; you're probably only going to get twenty pounds for it. Yeah, we want to sell it. So, what would what should people wear to work in twenty twenty four? Now, I know that's a really wide, vague question. But are there certain things that you'd recommend or do you, you know, it's going to be different for everyone. Yeah, I think the, what I would, I really, my message is always to dress for yourself, but to be really clear. So what's fantastic about the beginning of the year is to take time, to take stock. Think about that. You said, think about your goals. I've got an exercise that I call, what's your why, where you really think about what it would do for you to imagine yourself um if you were the person showing up as your best self, what could that do for you? And then what it looks like. So what it actually looks like physically in terms of your personal aesthetic, um, what it what it looks like if you're working your best, you know, are you up on stage presenting? Are you, you know, winning a pitch? Are you on a board? Are you leading a team? Whatever you're doing, are you on Zoom? Are you recording new videos for an online course you're creating if you're, if you're an online business owner? Whatever that looks like for you, it's being really clear on that and working backwards about shopping just for the lifestyle that you've actually got, the real life. <laughs> We're going to dig into this actually in the next episode, listeners. So yeah, for that. We're actually going to go into some steps that you can take from Lizzie's book, Look Like the Lead You Are, and a reflection exercise that you can do to really get to a starting point with your wardrobe, a fresh slate, like a line in the sand for 2024 to really get your goals in place and you know we'll, we'll give you a bit of a few actionable tips as well on how you can work out your aesthetic and yeah where a starting point really because that is so valuable to take the time to do that I just wanted to talk very quickly to finish off about um Jenna Lyons who did uh she's on Real Housewives of New York is it so she used to be the creative director of J Crew. yeah and it, there was a furore about she wore jeans to like they do this finale of these Real Housewives shows in the studio and everyone wears ludicrous big sequined dresses like kind of really like glam super glam big hair and I think they do it a lot more in America as well than they do here we've got the Real Housewives of Cheshire in <laughs> um, but um, everyone went mental about the fact that she wore jeans mm. that show. And we were outraged and disgusted. What did you think about that? Well, I just thought, again, what was really interesting when I saw that, I saw that on Instagram, is, again, she's just, that's not her style. Now, I know I've seen pictures of her when she does go out. And sometimes, you know, there was one, well, I remember once seeing something on Instagram where she'd she'd worn a latex outfit to some fancy dress thing or to some ball. And when she got home, she couldn't get out of it. <laughs> so she does get dressed up. But again, in that moment, she and she wasn't like slouching in a pair of scruffy old jeans. She had jeans on and she had a top. Like she was, she'd consciously chosen jeans as an outfit. And this is the most important point. When you're saying what to wear in 2024, it doesn't matter what it is, as long as you're conscious of your choice. 
you've consciously put an outfit together with that item and you you're understanding the impression that you want to make so like you said Lisa we're going to do another podcast episode where we give more details about that because for me knowing what your style words are knowing what your personal branding was so when you dress or when you shop or when you're getting ready for an event or packing for a conference or a trip you're thinking right how, what do I want people to know about me now in that moment she must have been thinking that's how she felt like she would have consciously put an outfit together she wouldn't have done it really thinking it through because she's naturally an incredibly stylish woman so she would have just naturally put something on she felt comfortable she looked put together I think put together is kind of the key word I don't know about you Lisa but that's one of the most used phrases when I get an inquiry on my website for my one-to-one -one work I just want to look put together mm -hmm. it's about items that fit together as an outfit not as a random selection her outfit with jeans in it looked like she'd put together an outfit which shows respect it's, she looked like she respected herself she respected the audience if some people have got issues with jeans again that's their issue I think um there was a bit of a fraud a couple of years ago with people on the red carpet when even women were wearing flats you know or where women were wearing like a tux rather than a dress I think you know especially now more than ever with the gender fluidity and things like that people there's so much more you know you be you you know you do you but the respectful part for yourself and for the audience is to to it's not just thrown together it's actually like this is intentional and even if again back to the idea of it shouldn't matter in the workplace if somebody is it's just their personal brand that they genuinely am i allowed to swear on this podcast you've already said the s words so crack off. <laughs> i don't give a shit like if they if they really don't then that's still a kind of conscious decision they've gone no my my personal brand is that I don't give a shit about what I'm wearing I'm going to wear stuff that I've pulled off the floor that's creased dirty um doesn't look put together if that's what the kind of rebellious point of that that making a statement around the fact that my brand is that I don't care it's still a conscious decision it's when you look like you don't care but you kind of do, you know, that's, that's the issue. But for 2024, I think it's about conscious shopping. That, that, that was always going to be my message. And, and if you get, if you get clear on what works, then you will shop in a more focused way and a more conscious way. So it's just do a bit of background work. That's the message. So thank you so much for coming on today, Lizzie. And I'm looking forward to doing phase two of this podcast, where we'll give some actual actionable tips to kick off 2024. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Lisa. It's been great. Thanks. A huge thank you to Lizzie for joining me on the podcast this week. Remember that this is a two-part podcast and in next week's episode, Lizzie is going to be taking you through the steps from her best-selling book, Look Like the Leader You Are, to get your wardrobe prepped for change and really to elevate it. So it's a chapter in her book called Reflect and we'll be going through the steps you can take to really reflect on your style and your wardrobe so you can shop in a much more focused way. I hope today's episode has given you lots of food for thought about your wardrobe. Don't forget to grab Lizzie's image audit. It's a free image audit and you can find that at elevatewithstyle.com. If you're enjoying the podcast, please hit the follow button and subscribe. It would really mean the world to me and I'll see you next time.